Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports Domestics, microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies. And the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury. Stock up for the weekend right now. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Great to have you with us on this Friday. Uh, 3.35, we'll have... um, Bill Belden and Christian Hackenberg on together. And Ryan Tripp at 4.06 today. Great to have you on board. All right. The Pac-12 media days are today. And I had a chance to listen to Pac-12 radio and serious for a while today. And it sounds like a funeral. It sounds like you're at a wake. Um, you know, let's face it. The whole thing is precarious right now with them. And what was interesting to me, and even David Shaw, I have I've never met David Shaw. I don't even think I've been in the same room with him. But I've watched him coach, and I've watched him on the NFL draft on NFL Network. I've just always found him to be really impressive. Even he was struggling to find the direction and the positives of all this. I mean, even he was. And George Klyovkov, the commissioner of the Pac-12, met with the media today. And when he did, he made a couple of interesting comments, which you expect. And He made a couple of, took a couple of shots at the Big 12 and their expansion ideas, (laughs) which 
I understand, because he's, he's just flat-out irritated with them right now. And you could tell that he had reached his limit. He even admitted he had reached his limit. So Klyovkov today in Los Angeles said, quote, with respect to the Big 12 and their comment that they're open for business, I appreciate that. We haven't decided if we're going to be shopping there or not. He was then, of course, asked to follow up. He says, well, I'll be honest with you, that remark was a reflection of the fact that I've been spending four weeks trying to defend against grenades that have been lobbed in from every corner of the Big 12 trying to destabilize our remaining conference. I understand why they're doing it. When you look at the relative media value between the two conferences, I get why they're scared. I get why they're trying to destabilize us. But I was tired of that. That's probably... Uh, not the most collegial thing I've ever said. I understand that. That's frustration. So let's examine that for a moment. I've talked repeatedly about expansion being about brands and then markets. Brands and then markets. So let's look at the two conferences, the Pac-10 and the Big 12. The Pac-10, what's remaining, you know, I have to call it, the, I know it's the Pac-12 right now, but the Pac-10, the remaining 10, brings with it the brands of Oregon, Washington, Stanford. It's not bad. It's not bad. That's not bad. Anytime you're talking about looking at the Pac-12, who would you like to get? Those would be the three that would come up right away. So now let's talk markets. Washington brings Seattle. Oregon brings Portland. All right, not the biggest market, but still, it is an NBA market, for example. Cal and Stanford, San Francisco, Oakland. Arizona, Arizona State. Phoenix, primarily, then Tucson. Utah, Salt Lake City. Colorado, Denver. Really good. Now let's look at the Big 12 for a moment. What markets do they bring? West Virginia? No. Iowa State? No. Kansas State? No. Kansas? Kansas does bring Kansas City. No question. Kansas does bring Kansas City. Especially in basketball. Oklahoma State. You can't even claim Oklahoma City with Oklahoma State. Oklahoma brings Oklahoma City. And anything in Texas, forget it. Texas Tech, Baylor, Houston, TCU, whatever. Guess what? Texas and Texas A&M own Texas. From... From a brand, I mean, which brand in the Big 12 do you want? What brand says, ooh, huh, no brand in the Big 12 that does that? Zero. None. Kansas may be the defending national champion in basketball, but this isn't about basketball. It's just not. And... 
That's what's so interesting about the Big 12. We're going to take some of your schools. Really? So I don't blame Klyovkov for that at all. Media rights. Right now they're in the exclusive negotiating the 30-day window with ESPN and Fox. They're not going to get a deal done. Uh, Because all of these entities are not going to negotiate with the Pac-12 until the Big Ten is settled. Why would you negotiate with them when you need to get the Big Ten finished? Uh, He says it's very likely, highly likely, the league will find a digital partner for some of our rights. He says there's been significant interest there so far. He says, I think we'll be well positioned as a power five from a revenue per school standpoint. Yeah, no, no. Depends on how big that <clears throat> that rights deal on digital is. By the way, UCLA got some really great news today. You remember I told you the story about how uh, you know they're one hundred and two point eight million in debt. Part of that was the loss of the Under Armour contract, which was fifteen years, two hundred eighty million. UCLA sued Under Armour for $200 million. They settled today, and they settled for $67.4 million. That'll help UCLA on the path to getting out of debt in, in uh, conjunction with the uh, TV deal that they'll get from the Big Ten. And also probably increase the attendance of the Rose Bowl by being in the Big Ten. I'm not, gonna, I'm not telling you they're going to sell out when, when Indiana goes there. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to tell you they're going to sell out when Minnesota goes there. But when Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan go there, crowds are going to be huge. To go with, obviously, USC. Um, And he was asked about whether the, whether the um, Pac-12 should have a spot in the college football playoff. And look, if they go to 16 schools, I mean, I've talked about 12, but now there's a lot of talk around 16, which is fine by me. I don't get them. Um, 16 is just is fine with me. Just like uh, 12 would be great, 16 would be fine with me. Of course the Pac-12, if they've got Oregon, Washington, and the brands I talked about, still in there and they're having a good year of course they should be in where I've changed my stance though is this with everything that has happened with the changing landscape I was very much for having the power five conferences have automatic bids I'm not so sure that that should be the case anymore then you just take the 16 best and you go from there if it happens to be six Big Ten schools, six SEC schools, and four others, so be it. I just want the 16 best in. No need for an automatic qualifier. And part of my idea, part of my thought on the automatic qualifiers, it would put more juice in the championship games, conference championship games. But, you know what? If they don't have it, that's fine with me, too. But if but if Oregon or Washington or Utah is having a great year, 
absolutely they should be in the playoffs. So I can understand where Klyovkov's coming from there. Question is, can he keep all this together? That's the big question. Can, can they keep all of this together? And right now, yes. But that's right now, yes. And, you know, people will tell you that on the recruiting trail, for example, the Pac-12 has been suffering on the recruiting trail because the conference has not been sending teams to the college football playoff. So they're not playing on the biggest stages. And they feel that's hurt. I mean, Klyovkov has made two major mistakes along the way. I mean, Larry Scott made a whole list of them. Here's the two mistakes he made along the way. One of them is he could have voted yes for the 12-team playoff because it would have included a guaranteed spot for the Pac-12, and he didn't. And, of course, the other one was getting involved in the alliance, and I think all, you know, you know from day one, I've looked at the alliance and said, you've got to be kidding me. When the alliance came up, I said, you have to be kidding me. But Klyovkov, that was one, getting in the alliance, and number two, this whole deal that we're not going to vote for this because... He didn't vote for it. And it would have included an automatic bid for the Pac-12. So I never understood why why um, they did that, because they're the ones that haven't been getting in it. They haven't been in since 2016 with Washington. Um, you, you know, that's not taking the best interest of your conference to the table but all right take a break come back more in a moment great to have you with us today on news radio 1070 wkok all right welcome back great to have you with us on the show today's brought to you by brewers outlet reagan street in sunbury the beverage supermarket We'll have Christian Ackerberg, Bill Belton in the um, next half hour. Brian Tripp, 406 today. You can call in any time you want as well. Always love to hear from you. It's always one of the fun elements for me is talking to fans when they call in. It's always great. Always great. Enjoy it very much. Um. Matt's gone to a. Uh, it's going to go to the Royals and Yankees, so he's going to see a major league team and a minor league team. That's really great. It's always a lot of fun. I haven't been to a major league baseball game in three years. Um, well, the pandemic had a lot to do with them. I'm thinking about going down to PNC Park 
maybe in you know in mid August because the Red Sox are playing there. But it's going to have to line up with what the Penn State football practice schedule is too. Yeah, and then I'll go from there. So then I'll start making decisions as to what to do about certain things along the way. All right. Um, so the Pac-12 Media Day is whew, it's almost depressing in some ways and and nobody knows how this is all going to shake out so you really have to do it a step at a time alright UCLA and USC coming in then the next step will be the TV contract what it looks like. And once we know what the TV contract is, we can start to get a better sense and feel for where maybe the other parts fit in. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Join News Radio 1070 WKOK Monday through Friday mornings from 8:30 till 10 for our live local telephone talk show on the mark. Lawyers, guns, and money. Oh, okay. 1-800-795-9565. We don't usually have to... Uh, I missed that one. What was it? Uh, I'll tell you later. All right. On the Mark, weekday mornings from 8:30 till 10, only on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and out every day. Six great flavors of slushies and the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Stock up for the weekend now. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15. Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. All right, let's bring in a couple guys that are now doing some big-time work on the high school level. Head coach Bill Belton is assistant Christian Hackenberg. Guys, welcome. Thanks, Thanks for having me, Steve. Hey. Bill, first of all, congratulations on the head coaching job that you have. Um, when you get a job like this, uh, some ideas run through your mind. What are some of the ideas that you have that you want to implement right away with your program? 
Um, just being a, a tough, hard-nosed program, um, a disciplined team, um, guys that come to come to work every day, and um, just want to be coached and get better each day. So, where does Christian now fit into what you want to do? Um, you know, just being him, um, calling the offense, um, being a being a guy that you know our quarterbacks can rely on, um, you know, to get coached by and you know get better day in and day out. Christian, you know, we've talked about you being coached up over the years by various individuals. What do you want to impart, especially to your quarterbacks, as to how you feel they need to be coached? Well, I think I think that's kind of a unique question because, and I think Bill can attest to this, um, you know, I try to approach it as not trying to stuff a square pig into a round hole. So it's not necessarily what I'm imparting into my quarterbacks. There's obviously techniques and philosophies that I believe in. But ultimately, it's about putting them in the best situation to be successful. So that's going to vary year to year and guy to guy. So when we when we sit there and go through practice, a lot of it's about testing and seeing what seeing what in this case our our, our guy does well this year, um, and then being able to scheme things up um, to his strengths. So what as as in your position, Christian, what's the learning curve like on your personnel so that you understand what makes them tick or what makes an offense tick? Yeah, I think, you know, fortunately last year I got I got a chance to spend some time with the guys and, and the one thing that, that Bill mentioned was just establishing a culture and understanding expectations when you step between the lines at Winslow. Um and he's done a great job of that so far. And I think that helps, you know, when everyone knows what the level set is and what the thought process is. Um, it's a jump on the ship or start swimming type of mentality. Um, and a lot of these guys, uh, all of them for the most part, have jumped on the ship and are ready to go in the right direction. So, um, you know, that's kind of what I, what I try to look at when I'm, when I'm talking to kids and seeing how, how they do things and obviously just spending time around them and, and, being at practice and, and watching how guys move, what they do well, uh, receivers, running backs, the whole nine. Um, but just really seeing, again, just ultimately putting them in the best situation to be successful. Bill, when I look at uh, a guy like you, you played running back, you played wide receiver. Uh, now you're in the head coaching job, which puts you, quote, in the CEO position. How do you like to approach that? Are you going to be more around the offense, more around the defense, more of both? How do you want to manage this? Um, realistically, it's just, you know, I got three babies now instead of one. Um, so <laughs> you want to, um, you know, you want to be there for all of them. Um, and, you know, show up for the defense, show up for the special teams and, you know, show up for offense and, you know, make sure that we're well rounded as a, as a unit, um, in each area. Um, so it's pretty much, um, you know, not being too heavy on one side, but more so of, um, you know, showing, every phase of the game, the amount of attention it needs. When it comes time to game planning, all right, you trust the people you have in your staff. How important, though, will your input, Bill, as the head coach be in game planning? I mean, ultimately, I, I think we have guys in our program that, you know, take pride in what they do. And, um, you know, honestly, we have guys on staff that are very, very good at what they do. Um and, you know, ultimately, I trust what they do, and we're all going to sit down and meet and discuss, you know, the best way to approach things on a on a weekly basis. But um, realistically, I, I trust the guys that I have around me from, you know, the offensive side of things, defensive side of things, special teams as well. So 
um, it'll be a collaborative effort on across the board. When you're playing, and this will be for both of you, you think about playing, you think about what your career could be along the way. When, for each of you, did the thought of coaching enter into it? Was it actually in school or was it after school? Bill, I'll start with you. Um, it was after school for me. Um, you know, we all envision of you know playing football for for a very very long time, and um, you know, for me, my time was cut very very short, and I was able to get back to my hometown and you know kind of invest myself in. Um, that community and continue to, um, you know, train guys and, you know, see them um, get better on Saturdays and Friday nights. And once I saw that, you know, they're taking the coaching and really building on it, that's when it clicked for me. Christian, when did the thought start to come to you that it's somewhere down the road coaching might be something you'd want to do? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it started a little bit earlier. Uh, just being – being being a quarterback in the position that I play, you have to learn a lot. And when you put so much time into learning defense and, and offense and, um, you know, even offensive line techniques and how receivers run routes, being around a coaching family, um, you know, I'd say real early for me, it got serious, I guess, when Bill called me <laughs> because I was still trying to figure things out. And uh, when he called me, that's when I was like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll jump in on it. Um, because I've always been adamant about making sure it was a good situation and someone who I trusted and who trusted me and we had mutual respect for one another. So it's worked out really well so far. What have each of you learned about the profession that maybe you didn't know before? And I'll start with Christian. We'll go to Bill. What have you learned about yourself in this that maybe you didn't know before? It's interesting. Um, you know, I, the one thing I talked about, earlier with you before in the past was how pure high school football is so that expectation kind of met it but uh, I guess when when you're in it with these guys you know like I said really paying attention to all the details um, you know usually as, as quarterback like you're handing on what you have to do but at the end of the day you know you're also cognizant of the other things that are going on but um, really having to dive in and be able to talk talk to all the different position groups, talk to all the different kids and, and hone in on what, what makes them click. So I think just that holistic approach, being approachable, um, being able to get points across to, uh, to, to all different, all different backgrounds and thought processes. I think that's been the coolest part for me. And Bill, what the same question for you, what do you know about coaching now that maybe you just didn't realize or know before? Um, I wouldn't say it's something I didn't know. I didn't, you know, realize the importance of it is just relating to each and every player on the team individually. I know um, as a coach, you usually, you know, break things down as a group, but, you know, every home is different. Every kid is different. Every personality is different. Um, and just, you know, finding ways to be able to um, get the most out of a kid, you know, whether they're struggling or, you know, they're doing great and, you know, they need to go from, from good to great or, you know, guys are just, you know, trying to find their way and find their, their niche in, you know, high school football or in the classroom in that regard. And, um, you know, when I got into coaching, that's when I really, really started to see the value of that and, you know, how much time you invest in these kids is, um, is very, very important. Billy, you spent you spent some time around Penn State. Um, it was during I think it was during some spring practice, and it may have been a couple of years ago. What did you pick up then 
that you're applying now, or maybe it was something that it, it confirmed to you that you know how it should be done? Um, just the energy that's brought to practice each day, you know, by the the coaching staff. I, I know that's big. You know, there's some days where you know kids are dragging a bit, and you know sometimes they need to feed off of something. You know, on that day, maybe the coaches, and maybe another player, but. You know, as a staff, you got to bring that juice every day because, um, you know, ultimately these guys are looking to you to be leaders. And, um, you know, if, if you don't got it, then, you know, nine times out of ten, they won't have it either. So now this part of it, as you're going through it, now every season is going to be different. Every game will be different. The three of us know that. Everything takes on its own personality. And I'll start with Bill. What's fun about the job of coaching? I'm just competing. I, I'm a big competitor. Yes, um, you are. You know, <laughs> I'm a big competitor, and, and it comes out in the game of football. Even if it's coaching, um, you know, sometimes throughout the game, um, I get excited. And then even in practice, you know, we're <laughs> we're young enough where you know kids still you know mess with us a little bit about you know being old and not being able to play. <laughs> so there's times where we get out there, and, you know, we show them what's what and you know who we are and stuff like that. But you know, overall, it's just been um, competitive in, in the game. Uh, if they have, do bring up the fact that you guys are old and you know they, you can't play, give me a call because <laughs> since, <laughs> since I was the since I since I was the witness. <laughs> okay, Christian, what about you? What's fun about this for you in doing it? You, you wake up every day, say, "Okay, I can't wait to see the kids." Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think what you hinted at is just the unpredictability of it. You know, Bill mentioned the different variables, you know, every day you have to figure out a way how to connect and get something across. Um, and then from an X's and O's standpoint, you know, every week um, is going to be different, but you also have to find out again, what you guys do well and make sure that you put them in situations to be successful there. So just the, the, the ebbs and flows, the yin and yang, the uh, halftime adjustments, that's, that's the stuff I really like to do. Um, just always try and be, two steps ahead um, and thinking about how we can tie things together. So for me, fortunately, I just have to focus on one side of the ball and one position group for the most part. So just playing that game, it, it gives me a little bit of the uh, the game I used to play when I was actually pulling the trigger. So that's always fun. And by the way, for I was kidding Bill about being a competitor, which he really was. The quarterback yeah. was a really big-time competitor, too. And if you're around yeah. practice, you know what I'm talking about. So... Uh, so, Christian, something that I, you know, I always had great respect for you was the your ability to get on a whiteboard and break something down. I don't care if it was a protection or what somebody else was doing. Can you do that? You know, I can't obviously get into the, your current players. That's that that's a violation. Yeah. But uh, but can you do that with a couple of your guys? Where you know, where you can say, hey, you know, show me what you got here. Can you do that with them? It's that's that's all part of it, you know. You 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 gotta you gotta toe that fine line of overloading them, and then also giving them information that they can they can internalize, process, and then use, right? So, you know, unfortunately, at the high school level, it's not like college where you're you know when you're in training camp mode or even during the season, you know, there's ample hours in the film room on the whiteboard and being able to talk through things with the kids both pre and post practice. You know, you don't really have that luxury at high school, so you, you have to kind of dilute it a little bit at times and simplify it, which is fun. That's also another fun challenge is, is you know, you, you may be able to say something very simply and and fast and get to the point at a high level, but when you have to kind of knock it down a couple notches for someone to be able to to take that information, process it, and actually apply it on the football field, um, 
that's a challenge. And there's some kids that can take it. There's some kids that can't. And I think Bill can, Bill can talk about that. You know, we went through that last year with our kid and, um, you know, he grew throughout the year and that side of his game and that part of his game also grew. Um, but it's just some guys start differently and some guys have different, different likings to it. So that's, that's another fun part is just being able to impress that, that side of the game to, to people who, who can take it and run with it and actually apply it and still play fast and process. Um, and that, cause that's what you need. You don't want to, you don't want to bog someone's mind down when you got a slow mind, you usually play slow too. So that's, that's no good for anybody. The two of you were two high pro, high priority, highly recruited student athletes. So in the process, what advice can you give to any of your players that eventually may get into that point where they have people wanting to recruit them. Bill, what advice would, would you give them? Because you're going to be a sounding board for them, so what will you tell them? Um, just, um, you know, since we've been there, there's a lot of experiences we can share with them um, from, you know, playing to, you know, being a student um, to the overall experience. I think, you know, for them it's just uh, taking it one day at a time and just enjoying every second of um, their college experience. I know for myself, um, you know, I was, you know, I I didn't spend a lot of time dwelling on um, things that happened, you know, whether they were, you know, good or bad. Um, You never want to dwell on the bad, but the good things that did transpire in my career, I really didn't dwell on them until I was done playing. And, um, you know, in turn, you, you never get a chance to really, you know, enjoy where you are and be present in the moment. Instead, you're kind of looking forward to, you know, the next week or the next assignment that's due or, you know, uh, the next spring break or, you know, the next year in general. It's just all about being present in the moment and just enjoying uh, your experience because ultimately this is a once-in-a-lifetime deal. Uh, Between the two of you, which one of you um, gets to yell at the officials? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm the I'm the the slow steady Eddie guy and and and, and Bill's <laughs> Bill's got that covered. <laughs> and so Bill, is it more of excuse me, Mister Official, or might there be a little more emotion than that? <laughs> no, nah, I, I try to be polite. You know, ultimately, I don't, I don't want to go. I don't want the game going the opposite way. So you know, I try to treat everybody with respect and stuff like that. So um, you know, it was Mister Official. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I figure, I figure when the fans are all sitting like, "Oh, good, they're talking about the officials," because you know, you guys went to quarterback club. That's the all, all the questions you got. All right, so <laughs> we're always the officials. Guys, what a pleasure! Congratulations to both of you. You know, uh, I follow every step of the way of what you guys are doing, and I know uh, when Christian's up here, I spent some time with him. When Bill was at practice that day, I think we spent the entire practice together that day, that spring practice, Bill. So, it is great yep. to talk with both of you. Thanks a lot for your time, and um, we are anxious to find out how all of this goes for both of you. Thanks for having us, Steve. Appreciate it, Steve. Bill Belton, Christian Hackenberg. Next half hour, Brian Tripp as we continue. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet on News Radio 1070 W. Have you with us today? Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And uh, next half hour, we'll have Brian Tripp on the show. We will talk with him 
big, uh, or excuse me, Pac-12 media days, of course, today, and there's underlying tension there. There's uncertainty there. That's about where it is. Uh, obviously, people are not happy with USC and UCLA, who, are, by the way, are a part of this. USC is an interesting team coming up this year. They've got 46, literally 46 new players on the roster. They will be in the teens of the number of new starters with Lincoln Riley there. And we'll see how it plays out. This goes back to what Dick Girardi and I were talking about the other day. And we were discussing the Charleston tournament, the two of us will be doing down in in South Carolina in November. And the and he says, yeah, we were talking about Furman because we were trying to go through game times and how, how I'm going to travel out of there to get the Rutgers to do football. Uh, and he said, yeah, and he says, you know, he says, Furman looks pretty good. They won 22 games last year. He says, but you know what, Steve? He says, getting to the point, he says, I don't know about you, with all the change all the time, all the transfers, he says, I have no idea anymore who's, you know, who's good and who's not. And Dick always has a great handle on that. I'm the same way. <clears throat> we get to the preseason. I don't care if it's football or basketball. Do you really know who's really good? Like, how good is USC going to be? I don't know. If you're in the teens and new starters, and sure, Mario Williams is one, Jordison Addison's a number, quarterback Caleb Williams is another, yeah. Like, you think you're going to be a lot better. And they were under 500 last year. But... How does it all mesh together? They weren't a good offensive line last year. And they've got some new offensive linemen. How are they going to play? I mean, how good are they going to be? I mean, there's so many elements today on every school in the country where you literally don't know. And we do this for a living. I, mean, I have every team, football and basketball, on the Penn State schedule. Prepped. Done. For football and basketball. And you get a feeling like, okay, they're probably going to be good. They're probably going to struggle. But you really don't know anymore. And that's because of there's a lack of stability of year to year and so many changes. I mean, I'm always putting in parentheses on the chart for my notes where they transferred from. Those notes are all over the place on these charts. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.